is Thursday, August 3rd. This is the Christian Commute. I am your host, Seth Dunn. And I messed up on Monday after I recorded the episode. I went home and uploaded the wrong file. I actually got an email from one of the listeners that said, I'm so sorry to hear that your baby is sick. And I said, Man, my baby's not sick. And then the person who wrote in uh, yesterday's question said, why haven't you answered my question yet? Said, what are you talking about? I answered it yesterday. Well, when I tried to listen to the show today, it was a show from over a year ago. It was an old recording that I had on this phone. And I uploaded the wrong show. I discovered that in the car on the way to work this morning. So when I got stopped, luckily I had the MP3 on my phone and I switched them. So the proper show is uploaded now, sans the theme music. And I probably will never fix it. And now I've opened the door for another mistake. Because this recording will be named recording number two. I will want to, in my mind, upload recording number one. And I will probably mess up again. So hopefully I don't. Not probably. I think it's a 30% chance that I mess it up. Well, let's not dwell on the mistakes of the past. I have a full show for you today. The inbox is as full as it's been in weeks. I have three questions in there, one of which I'm going to use today. It's on baptizing people. And I think I've had a similar question in the past. But as we do this show for years and years and years, I will likely cover the same topics twice. And this is a Baptist podcast. Shouldn't we talk about baptism? It's part of the Great Commission, isn't it? Today's show title is Movie Church. Movie Church, I used yesterday's seemingly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Unrelated to Christianity, how about that? Yesterday's show topic was seemingly unrelated to Christianity. It it seemed like a bunch of uh, independent fundamentalist Baptist preacher quips. But I'm using that to lead in to today's show, which is called Movie Church movie church and as always we have the bible chapter of you we're in matthew chapter 23 verse 25 we're still dealing with woes i could have done verse 26 because it a very similar woe to verse 25 but i'm trying to bleed another show out of this pericope woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites (laughs) For you clean the outside of the dish and the cup, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish so that the outside of it must become clean. Now, if it's not clear to you already, it's going to be made very clear in verse 26, that Jesus is talking about the Pharisees themselves. They are the cup and the dish which are clean on the outside. Anybody got a dishwasher at home? I do. They didn't have dishwashers back then. And they didn't have the same as a society. Not Jewish society or any society. They didn't have the same standard of cleanliness that we do. 
I had a TA. I guess it was my sophomore year of college. She was a TA in my sociology class, and we were in a breakout group. And she told us a story about going on a vacation to Tunisia with her boyfriend. And every morning, they had really good coffee. Co the best coffee that they could remember having in their lives. And one morning, they went down to where they were staying, and they complimented the coffee. They said, guys, this, this coffee is really good. You know, where are you getting it? And they noticed at that point while they were talking to the bartender, barista, whatever you call a Tunisian in a hotel who gives you coffee, that they weren't washing the coffee cups. Tunisia is in a desert. They don't have water to wash coffee cups. They barely have enough water for the coffee. So they stopped drinking the coffee because they were just using the same cups over and over. That's about the standard of cleanliness I would say most people had in Jesus' day in ancient Israel, but not the Pharisees because they didn't want anything to be unclean. Remember, Jesus told them, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. You people listening to the show, you're, you're used to drinking clean water. You just turn on the faucet and out comes clean water. Some of you out there, that faucet water treated at the plant, at the water plant, is not even clean enough for you. You have a separate mechanism to filter it and make it even more pure. Not so for them. They'd have bugs in their water. And some people would just drink them down, but not the Pharisees. They would never be unclean. They want to strain out a gnat. And Jesus is saying, you blind Pharisees, because he's already called them blind gods. They are washing their cups and dishes. They don't want to have anything unclean that they have their food in. And Jesus is saying on the outside, uh, these cups and dishes look great. But on the inside, they're dirty. And what good is a clean dish if it's clean on the outside and not the inside? And you people who leave your dishes in the sink too long know this. That if you don't spray them out and then put them in the dishwasher fast enough, when you get them out, the inside will still have stuff caked on them. My, my kids are always making smoothies. And they put flax seeds in there. And then they wash the cups. And it's like, this is not clean. Wash out your cup. So Jesus is saying, you guys are like dishes and cups that you want to keep clean, but you've only washed the outside. The inside is filthy. It's full of robbery and self-indulgence. Anybody ever go to Starbucks and get a cup of robbery? Yeah, $5 coffee, $6 coffee. McDonald's coffee is better than Starbucks. But you, These are not things that you put in cups and on dishes. These are negative character traits. These are sins, robbery and self-indulgence. It's talking about the inside of a person. The Pharisees look clean on the outside, but on the inside they're full of sin. They're hypocrites who wear a mask. Phonies. Clean the inside of the dish first. If the inside's clean, then the outside will be clean. It's really, it's really nonsense to clean the outside of a dish and not clean the inside. Because it defeats the purpose. And Jesus is basically saying, you guys just look clean, but you're not. He sees right through them. And he's telling them, change your lives. Clean the inside of the dish before you clean the outside. The whole dish needs to be clean. Do you know this? That Orthodox Jewish people, if they have a plate 
I don't make this stuff up. If they have a plate that gets bacon on it or some kind of unclean food, pork, shrimp, lobster, whatever, eggs. Eggs are not kosher. Did you know that? Eggs are not kosher. No way. Eggs are kosher. Yes, eggs are kosher. But if there's something in the eggs, like if somebody puts sausage in the eggs, like in an omelet, then it's unclean. If they put that on the plate, if unclean food is served on their plate, they have to break the dish and bury it. They have to bury the dish because it's unclean. Never use it again. And they can't just throw it away. they got to bury it. So... Think about that. Think about people like that who like, I have buried my dish, but they don't know Jesus as Savior. They're burying their dishes if there's something unclean that touches them. And they have a whole cabinet full of pristine dishes that no non-kosher food has ever touched. But in their heart, they're as sinful as the day they were born. And they've never been regenerated. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And they don't know Jesus as Savior. That's how these Pharisees are. Woe to them, they wash their dishes and their cups in vain. And with that, I'll end the Bible chapter review. And just let me add that I would pour out a whole bottle of Avion if I found a gnat in it. Okay, that's just how I am. I, I don't know if I could have survived in the dirty, dirty olden times. I don't like to be dirty. I don't like to be wet. I don't like to have dirty things around me. I just feel it all over me. So I like, I'm not criticizing the Pharisees for straining out of that. I'm not criticizing the Pharisees for washing their dishes. I'm not drinking any Tunisian coffee in the morning. But, like the case of their dill and cumin, it's good to tithe on it. But you can't do that and ignore the weightier matters of the law. You're just an actor and a hypocrite. If you do, and with that, let's go to the Bible chapter review. This is from Elena in Ohio. Elena in Ohio. And if you have a question about Christian theology and apologetics, and or apologetics, like Elena did, well, then you can send it to SethDunn88 at gmail.com or dial 470-315-0875. That's the Christian Commute Roadside Assistance Line. The Christian Commute is your theological roadside assistance. Keep your questions short enough for me to memorize because I'm driving in a car. And tell me where you're from. One of these days, when my kids grow up, I don't know if I'll still be driving to work if I don't have to pay for my kids, but one of these days, I'll get a Lexus or a Cadillac that's quiet on the inside. You won't even be able to tell I'm driving. One of these days. But Elena asked me in the car this question. What are your thoughts on parents baptizing their own kids when they are not, they being the parents, elders? So what you will often see during baptism, and you just come to expect it growing up in church, that when somebody gets baptized, one of the pastors is going to do it. And it could be the so-called senior pastor, it could be the so-called youth pastor, but generally you're going to have one of the pastors of the church baptizing 
that person. But in the last few years, I've started to notice, and you've probably noticed it too, and I guess Elena has, is that they'll let parents baptize their kids. I've never seen a parent baptize a 30-year-old convert. It's usually somebody who's 8, 9, or 10. And I mean, I know Elena asked about parents, but sometimes I've seen it where it's not a parent, but their Sunday school teacher, somebody from the kids' ministry who has had uh, an impact on their life and mentored them and shared the gospel with them. But a lot of times, it's the parents. I'll give you a personal story of, of this some of you have heard it before, now you're going to hear it again. When my uh, second oldest daughter, she's a twin, so she's a minute younger than her sister. When she got baptized, and she's the only one of my kids who's been baptized, she went to church at First Baptist Cartersville and said, I want to be baptized. Or I think she told me and I filled out the form on the web to say she wanted to be baptized. So she had to go to the little uh, baptism class. And the, one of the church secretaries, because we know churches have a blue million secretaries, one of the church secretaries wrote me and said, do you want to baptize her? And I wrote back and said, yes, if I can, because I knew since I'm not a member of First Baptist Church, they weren't going to let me do it. I don't think the secretary was thinking about that. And this precipitated a lunch invitation from the pastor who had heretofore never, ever invited me to do anything. <laughs> Uh, and you'd think he would because I'm an Alabama fan and he's an Alabama fan and I went to seminary and he went to seminary and we're the same age. But usually it's been my experience when I am going, when I am invited by a local Baptist minister, whether it be a pastor or the director of uh, missions, is I'm about to be disappointed. It was funny almost wrote him back and said, I think you want to tell me in person that I can't baptize Alexandria because I'm not a church member. That's fine. And that's when we went to Scott's Barbecue, and that's what he told me. I was like, okay. I was like, you, I said, you don't have to take me to lunch. I'm not mad. The baptism is a church ordinance. Of course, of course the church members should do it. I don't, I don't care. You know, that's fine. And he goes, well, okay. Well, you know, you can, you can stand up there with me. I was like, okay, I will. So he baptized her, and I stood up there with him. And the baptism, uh, the, the, you call it a font still, you know, kind of the, the pool, the baptismal at First Baptist is very interesting. It's, it's, it's a bit of a new building. So the, the little tub faces the congregation. There's a door that opens, and then there's a, there's a clear panel, plastic or glass, and then there's the tub that, what do you call them, the baptizee? Here, here's a, the catechumen, catechumen. That's an old time, that's the old timey. That's what they called them a long time ago. The person who's being catechized into baptism, the catechumen. I can't pronounce it. The person being baptized is in there. But the, the preacher who baptizes them actually stands be, behind them. He's not getting wet, he's just reaching in. I'd never seen a baptismal pool like that before. Usually the preacher would have to stand in there in his robe. And I guess this is very efficient because now you don't have to sing an extra song while the preacher hurriedly changes and dries off. I don't know. There's something about the preacher in the water with you baptizing you. I think that's how it should be done. But I, mean, I, can't, I can't really find that in the Bible. But really, if you think about it, in the Bible, they, were doing, they didn't have a baptismal. They were doing it in the river 
or a tub, so you, you probably the person had to get in there with them. Anyway, I wasn't offended. But First Baptist is a church that will allow a parent, if they're a church member, uh, to baptize their child. And I think that's perfectly okay. Because I can't find anything in Scripture that says to baptize someone, you have to be an elder. I can't find that prescription. Nor can I find a proscription that says, uh, if you're not an elder, you can't baptize anybody. Can't find it in Scripture, and we're Baptists, we're people of the book, so shouldn't we be doing things by the book? Now, that being said, I don't think anybody should just walk around willy-nilly baptizing people. If I share Christ with somebody at my neighborhood pool, I shouldn't say, well, now that you accepted Christ, I'm going to baptize you in the pool right here. No, baptism is what we call a church ordinance. It's one of the two church ordinances. It's a serious matter. You don't want to, just like you don't want to give somebody communion who's unworthy, you don't want to baptize somebody who's not really a convert. You want to make sure. I mean, you can't be 100% sure, but you want to do your best to be sure. By the way, no, nowhere in Scripture does it say, like, this is a quote-unquote church ordinance. We say it's a church ordinance because these are things ordained by Christ. Communion, do this in remembrance of me. It's ordained. Baptism, do this. Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus ordained this. Who did he tell to do it? The church. So it's a church ordinance, something that we do corporately together. It's done, if you will, under the authority or by the authority of the church, authority given to the church by Christ. So some churches, because of the seriousness of the ordinance, have in their bylaws that only ordained ministers of the church may perform baptisms. That's how it was at Roland Springs, the demonic church of Freemasonry, Roland Springs. And when I read that in the bylaws, I didn't bat an eye. I, don't, I didn't have a problem with it. I think that's the rule at Fellowship Baptist Church of Sydney, Montana, the church that I'm technically a member of. I think. So I don't have any problem with the people who say we're only going to let a pastor do this or we're only going to let people who are ordained to do it. By the way, we're... You, there's some question as, as to whether ordination is a thing in the Bible, but that's not what you asked. In a rarity, it's something that rarely happens on the Christian commute. I just got passed by somebody in the middle lane. It's a black Mustang, and they are going really fast. Have fun with it. You got a Mustang, that's what it's for. Be safe, but drive fast. All right. Uh, find me ordination in the Bible. Anyway... I don't have a problem with it. So my thoughts are, whoever is in charge of the shepherding of that congregation, which would be the pastor, he needs to make sure that the child is not just saying what his, what he, his parents want to hear. Because what Baptist parent doesn't want to hear? I want to get baptized, mom and dad. It's music to our ears. Uh, so he needs to make sure that the child is a genuine convert. He needs to make sure that the parent didn't push the child into it and that the parent understands the seriousness of what's going on. I think the Great Commission applies to us all. 
It's not go ye therefore elders, it's go ye therefore, it's everybody. We should all be uh, baptizing. Now the church is doing that, like I said. I don't want to make a false dichotomy between individual church members and the church corporate. Although there is such a dichotomy when you're talking about certain things. I don't have a problem with it. So those, those are my thoughts. I don't have a problem either way if somebody chooses to do it that way. And when it comes down to it, this, this is just my opinion. This is not something in the Bible. It's just my opinion. Like, Scott's Barbecue is better than Fire It Up Barbecue. That's an opinion. When I'm talking about Cartersville Barbecue joints, we have Scott's Barbecue. We have Fire It Up Barbecue. We have Jay's Soul Barbecue. Uh, we have Shane's Chain Barbecue. We have Alicia's Kitchen Barbecue. I know all... I may not be able to name all 12, 12 tribes of Israel and all 10 commandments, but I can tell you every barbecue restaurant in Cartersville. Uh, that's just my opinion. And my opinion, for what it's worth, is that parents are more influential to their children's spiritual lives than pastors because parents are with you every day the pastor is preaching at you Sunday or Wednesday pastors are transient they come and go your parent is in your life always uh, as good as pastors I've had some poor pastors over my time and I've had some good pastors over my time but the best one has never come to my bedside put me at, put me to bed at night read me a devotion and prayed with me and taught me how to pray that's what dads do and moms do Moms and dads are the primary evangelists of their children. And then, you know, we're going to have this hired guy over here baptize them? I mean, okay. So if you have spiritually mature, and dare I say qualified, parents, I think it's great if the church allows the parent to baptize uh, their child. It lets, you know, it lets us all fulfill the Great Commission. You know, Mike Stone's a fairly prominent Baptist who I'm sure you, some of you guys have heard of. Uh, I was on Facebook once saying something to Don Hadaway, and I forget what I was saying. Um, and Don Hadaway, in case you didn't know, and Mike Stone are besties. Mike Stone's best friend is Don Hadaway. They're both from South Georgia. And Don Hadaway was the president of the Georgia Baptist Convention, former pastor of Tabernacle Baptist. He was the pastor of Tabernacle Baptist when I was baptized there. And he was the pastor when I was married there by a different pastor. Anyway, he's all the time talking revival this, revival that, revival this, revival that. And I'm like, dude, you're the president of the Georgia Baptist Convention. It's, it's like wasteful and crooked and I think it's terrible. And I was saying something like that, and Mike Stone was like, well, how many people have you baptized? Well, I haven't baptized anybody, Mike Stone. Only the preacher baptizes people at this church. I couldn't baptize any somebody if I wanted to. So I remember that. <laughs> I was like, one! You know? But that's, that's how they are. They're all numbers people. The Numbers, numbers, numbers. Well, how many have you done? I think Mike Stone's a Calvinist too. Don't do numbers to me. As many of the Holy Spirit sent my way. Alright, now let's move on to movie church. Disturbing scenes in Big Eva over the past couple Sundays. I guess they're trying to attract people into church right before school starts because everybody's about to get in their routine. 
and they're trying to get people to come back from the summer lull. People are going on vacation to get people into church. So Big Eva at various places like Craig Rochelle's church and Saddleback Church have been having movie-themed church. And if you read Protestia, you've already seen the articles on this. Sermons. <laughs> I'm sorry. Try not to laugh. Based on Star Wars and Super Mario. Not Super Mario the video game, Super Mario the movie, and Toy Story. So Andy Wood and Stacy Wood, the quote-unquote co-pastors of Saddleback. I'm, I'm going to do this, quote-unquote church. I'm going to put church in square, scare quotes for Saddleback now. I usually put lady pastors in scare quotes. I'm going to put Saddleback church in scare quotes. Andy and Stacy Wood, the quote-unquote pastors who replaced Rick Warren, showed up at their church on the platform, how about I call it a stage, on the stage, dressed as Woody and Bo Peep from Toy Story because they were having movie-themed church. And remember, Saddleback Church got kicked out of the SBC for having a woman pastor. Good for you, SBC. You did the right thing. But do you know there's no mechanism in the SBC, there's no rule that says we can kick you out for being an unholy joke circus. If they didn't have a female pastor and they did they did Toy Story themed church, they'd still be in the SBC. Uh, Lifechurch.tv. I, I can't remember Craig Rochelle's church. You can look it up. This is a guy who had a they had a Craig Rochelle leadership book on the shelf at the library at Roland Springs Baptist Church, the demonic church of Freemasonry. I tried to take it off and remove it. The pastor's like, no, leave that one. It's good. He let me take Joel Austin and Joyce Meyer off the shelf, but leave Craig Rochelle. They had Super Mario. They had people dressed up as Bowser and the princess. Like, you know when you go to Disney World and they have people dressed up as Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse and Goofy and, and Donald Duck in the suits? They had people dressed up in the suits like Bowser and Princess Peach and they were having Mario themed church another church was having Star Wars themed church and if you walked in they had a Millennium Falcon hanging from the ceiling Jesus Christ came back from the dead but Han Solo made the Kessel run in less than 13 parsecs Parsecs are not a unit of time. They're a unit of di distance. How, how did that, how does that work, George Lucas? Well, because you're jumping through cyberspace. Anyway, Kessel runs aside. Oh, I, hold on. I almost forgot the Barbie-themed church services. They were having Barbie-themed church services in Big Evil World. So I've named some mega churches: Craig Rochelle's church and Rick Warren's church. Sorry, I guess he's—I guess he's still his church. I may have confused the church and the movie theme, but Barbie Church, Mario Church, Star Wars Church, Toy Story Church, at the movies, and people having sermons where they exegete biblical themes from movie plots, which by the way, that's eisegesis, because they don't put biblical themes in movie plots. Well, sometimes they do. If anybody's ever seen uh, Neil Bloomquist, I can't pronounce it, it's South, uh, South uh, African, he's the guy who directed District 9. He had a less popular movie. 
that came out after that called Elysium, starring Matt Damon. And I think Matt Damon is a Christ figure in that movie because he has two natures. And he's the savior of... He goes to, he goes to heaven, essentially, Elysium, which is the moon colony where there's no sickness, and he brings the poor people from Earth to there. Anyway. You're not going to see me get, in the, get on the pulpit and make that point. So people... and Apparently the Bible is not interesting enough. Forget the biblical stories, which, by the way, they've made plenty of movies out of. We're going to look at popular movies, advertise popular movies, dress people up like Barbie, Princess Peach, and Bowser, and Chewbacca. Somebody was dressed up as Chewbacca. He even had a bowcaster. <sighs> Too bad Peter Mayhew was dead. Some of them would probably would have tried to hire him, the guy who played Chewbacca. And we're going to talk about how God is like these themes in the movies. That's pathetic. Who is that attracting? It's not saved people that, that that's attracting. I talk about Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. If you're being saved, you just want to go to church. You don't want to forsake the gathering together of the brethren. They, 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 don't, know, they don't need to have a scheme or a theme of any kind. There's, you don't have to have a gimmick. So why did I talk about hot dog girls in Florence? What did I say? Flat out naked Florence Pew? One thing, if you just said at the very beginning of the Christian commute five years ago, however long it was, what are the chances that you're going to utter the phrase flat out naked Florence Pew in one of your podcasts? I'd say that's about a 0%. I don't even know who she was then. But why am I talking about some naked lady in a movie? But I did. So who wants to buy from the hot dog girls? Who wants to be a hot dog girl walking down the beach? Who wants to go see a movie about a boring scientist just because it has a naked chick in it? It's the same people who only go to church if it's about Star Wars and Mario. Now somebody said, well, we're the lost people. Aren't we trying to get lost people into church? No. We're trying to get lost people to get saved and become a part of the church. Then they'll just want to come to the corporate gathering. Thank you. That's the biblical idea of it. When the church has to look like the world to attract people, it's basically saying the church is what? Worldly. And we want worldly people. We're going to look like the world and cater to the world. Now, by, by the way, that, that's Christianese speak. The world is that which is outside of the church. There, there's the phrase we have, be in the world but not of the world. This world is falling away and perishing. We're salt and light. We're supposed to show people that the kingdom of heaven is coming. We are ambassadors of Christ making a plea not to be or to continue to be part of the world, but to be set apart, called out different. We are called apart. We are called out of the world. All right? The cosmon. The world. We are the ecclesia, the church. What is ecclesia means? Called out ones, okay? So we can say things are worldly, like... Rock music is worldly. 
Going to the theater is worldly. It doesn't, by the way, just because something's of the world doesn't make it wrong. You could say video games are worldly. I love Super Mario. My kids love Super Mario. We have, we have Mario clothes. I don't have Mario clothes. My kids do. We have Mario bed sheets. My kids like to play... What's the one we play? Super Mario... Oh. We just got Mario Odyssey. But there's a Super Mario game, and I'm blanking on the name, where you play four at once. And it's it's and you're, you can be Peach, Luigi... Mario or Toad, and you can be Daisy too. And we play it all the time. And we, have, me and my boys and my girls too, we play. We have a lot of fun together. I've had a lot of good family time and time with my friends playing video games. There's nothing wrong with Mario. I don't think there's anything wrong with Barbies, the dolls in and of themselves. I don't know about the movie. I haven't seen it. And I'm not gonna. Star Wars is fine. That's a fun movie. I like to watch The Mandalorian. Now we know the force is, if it's like a bunch of new agey Buddhism type stuff, but it's a fantasy. It's not real. Okay. I'm not saying it's a sin to enjoy a movie, to enjoy time at the beach, to enjoy beating Japan with an atomic bomb. You know, we won the war. Yay, let's celebrate. It's tragic that we had to nuke them, but. They had it coming. But we do not take any uh, joy in the destruction of the wicked because the Lord doesn't either. Mario is fun. Toy Story is... Toy Story is great. It's a story about friendship and and loyalty. And of course those themes resonate with people. That's all good. But the Bible... The church is, is, is something better. You can enjoy Star Wars and Mario and go to hell. Most of the people in the world sitting around playing Mario and going to the Mario movie. My kids love the Mario movie. Do you know I fell asleep in the Mario movie? Jesus is something greater. Your relationship with God is something greater. The teachings in the Bible are something greater. They're holy things. There's a difference between the sacred and the profane. And churches, I got to scare quote them, scare quote churches are being the bringing the profane into the church to attract the world to the church. There's the old phrase, what you with them with, you win them too. And I can't be convinced that it's not all about money and numbers. I people say Seth, you don't know their heart. You're right, I just know the Bible. But I'm not going to take somebody's word for it that they just want to win people to Jesus. If they're getting power, money, and influence out of bringing people into their group, and they're doing it by any means necessary, short of pornography and violence. Movie church. The hot dog girls and Oppenheimer's naked lady. Teach us or show us or prove to us that the world is attracted by worldly things. By being entertained and pleased. What did Jesus say the Pharisees were full of? 
Self-indulgence. Why, oh why, are movie churches, or churches having movie church, to attract self-indulgent people? What they're saying is exegetical sermons and even topical biblical sermons are not captivating enough for a church service, for worship, for God's called out ones. And what they're really doing is saying church is not about God's called out ones worshiping God corporately. No, it's about attracting masses of the world And to get people out of the kingdom of darkness, we have to think of things we both like. We like Jesus. They don't like Jesus. What do we both like? Mario. Barbie. I'm going to tell you this. If Saddleback could sell Rick Warren bedsheets, they'd do it. I think my son was wearing Mario clothes yesterday. They'd do it. I wonder if Elevation sells Stephen Furtick t-shirts. And you know who I see condemning this? Protestia. Pull a pit and pin, which is me. G3. People like Adam Page. At Amelia Baptist on Twitter. Tom Buck, who's G3. Notable Calvinists condemning it. You know who I don't see condemning it? Steve Gaines. Robert Jeffress. Ed Litton. J.D. Greer. That's who I don't see condemning it. Mega guys are not going to condemn other mega guys and say the church shouldn't be like this. And by the way, it's not their job to condemn that. But what they want, they want to rub shoulders with those people. They want to travel in the same circles, sell the same books to the same people, and you can't condemn them and do that. You don't have to make a ministry out of condemning the world. It's a little. That's what the IF, you know, people need to get out of the Facebook and get, the, get into the good book. Amen. Some of these women out here need to put on an apron instead of a bikini and get in the kitchen, amen? I mean, you don't have to be like that. Amen! Amen! In the IFB, you don't say amen. Amen! With an H. Amen! With an H. You gotta know when to say it. It's like, it's like in Greek, when you, when, you see, uh, when you see the word the, and it's an A, or an alpha, and you're like, ah, oh, no, it's not ah, it's ha. See, there's a little apostrophe, and that means pronounce it with an H. Ha theos, the world, not ah theos. All right. Hey, man. And I've 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 seen this said. People are turning church into VBS, <laughs> as if that's okay at VBS. When I was a kid, maybe I just didn't notice, but I don't remember. Like there being the themes, like oh, this is the o- we have a sports theme, we have an ocean theme, we have a pirate theme, we have an aviation theme. Lifeway and and the powers that be in Big Eva who publish VBS curricula, they all, they come up with a theme every year, like a treasure hunter theme, 
When I was a kid, I don't remember a theme. Maybe there was. I just remember showing up, doing arts and crafts, and playing, and having some Bible stories. Having a little program. It was nice. It was fun. I don't remember raves. You go to VBS now, you'll see the big church room with the lights off and a bunch of dancing and flashing around. It's like, ugh. Let me tell you something. If you teach kids in VBS that that's what's supposed to happen when you come to church, you're going to end up at your church with Bowser and Princess Peach standing in the lobby when you open the door. You may not get arrested for tipping a table, but if you tip over a Bowser mascot, there's a person in there. You might get charged with assault and battery. Grown-up adult church. Not that church should be separate for adults and kids. And the quote-unquote youth. Grown-up adult church has turned into one big party VBS. That's what I've said about Andy Stanley for years. He's, he's, he's He's turned church into a youth tent revival. Harvey Weinstein and the Hot Dog Girls are using worldly things to get people's money and attention. Craig Rochelle, Saddleback, Barbie Church are using worldly things, not the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the Holy Spirit and all His power, to attract worldly people to get their time, attention, and money. Follow the money, as they say. All right, that's all I got to say about that, as Forrest Gump said. You know, I was in my office today, and I thought of a show topic, and I thought, oh, that'd be a really good one. I want to do it today. I said, no, I got to lead in and do the movie thing that I prepped yesterday with a little prelude. I got to connect it, like Paul Harvey and the rest of the story. And now I've forgotten what I was going to do tomorrow. But guess what? There is no show tomorrow. Bad news Typically, there's a Friday show because typically I go to, go to work. It's bad news for you and me because Friday's ping pong day, so I can't play ping pong with my friends. But I have to do some blood work tomorrow. I'm not s- s- sick. I have, uh, what do I have? I have thyroidism. I used to have hypothyroidism, and then they gave me too much thyroid medicine, so I developed hyperthyroidism. Now, my levels are where they should be. I'm on a 150 milligram dose. Is it microgram or milligram? Big difference if you're taking medicine. <laughs> Whether it's micro... Anyway, they're the blue ones. I'm on the blue ones. The blue synthroid. So I have to keep going to the endocrinologist to get my blood taken. So that's what it is. Don't worry, I'm not sick again. So since I have to go get blood, uh, my periodic blood work tomorrow, I'm going to work from home. Because i got to make up the time. Of, I don't need to drive to Dalton an hour there and an hour back. So because I have the unplanned work from home, we have an unplanned cancellation of the Christian commute. Sorry. That's three Fridays in a row. It'll be blood work canceling it. And then it'll be uh, phone, microphone breaking, canceling it. And then worst of all, I don't want to go to work today because it's raining, canceling it. So, um... You know what? If God would just keep the rain away and ordain that I have uh, good blood and uh, a working phone, we'd have a we'd have a Christian commute on a Friday. But I guess it's not in His will. So thanks for listening to Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Tuesday. 
As always, God bless. And as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved.